You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked on NFL. It's the Wednesday edition with both James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. I'm Tony Wiggins, by the way. He's James Rapine. James, what's going on, man? What's up, man? We are on YouTube. So uh, all of our Locked on NFL listeners, you can check us out there as well. Uh, Of course, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. But uh, if you wanted to see our beautiful faces. You can check them out on YouTube. I'm excited, Tony, because we see each other every week, but now our loyal listeners can do the same. Absolutely. And uh, they see the goofy parts. They see the good parts, the bad parts, all of that stuff, <laughs> uh, like we do every week. i tell you what else you can see. If you just saw a team in Milwaukee win the NBA championship with a bunch of guys who, when they got drafted, you had no clue who they were. Well, Chad Ford, is the GOAT. You know who he is. And he's hosting the NL, the NBA draft, uh, Locked on NBA draft show with Rafael Barlow as well as John Corrales. You can see those same stars get drafted now. So you need to tune into that. It's the Locked on NBA draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. What we have for you, though, is training camp talk. Training camps opened yesterday in a lot of places. I know they did in Jacksonville. And teams are finally going to be able to get all of their guys together. It's mandatory, of course. And pretty soon you're going to see uh, toe to leather, helmets knocking around, rosters being cut, and you're going to see the men separate themselves from the boys, especially when the pads. It's here. It's finally here after speculation and previews and talking about all this stuff and debating on Aaron Rodgers. That finally comes to a conclusion. He shows up for Packers camp. So good for Packers fans as they, uh, I think, are legit contenders. If you want more on that, you can check out Tuesday's show. But yeah, it uh, it is an exciting, exciting time. And I'll tell you what, Tony, I'm a big NBA draft guy, and I'm going to have to try to find time between covering the Bengals, doing this show with you, all the NFL training camp stuff, find time to, to block out some space to not only listen to Chad Ford, but uh, tune into the NBA draft. Because again, this is not the normal time for the NBA draft. Usually it's in mid June, you know, June 18th right. or so. So the fact that it's pushed back, well, it means uh, a little more of a juggling act in the, the Rapine household. And I'm sure it's the same uh, over there where you're at in Jacksonville. No, it is. And uh, guys uh, here are very excited about that. And they're excited about this season starting. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. They talked a lot about him yesterday on uh, the show on Locked on NFL. I will say it, it made it official today. He showed up with a, uh, well, yesterday it made it official with a nice, uh, pretty t-shirt on and and he got what he wanted he's gonna he's probably gonna get randall cobb back from the houston texans and we're about to talk about them in just a second aaron shows up deshaun watson shows up the people in green bay are happy the people in houston are confused because no one really understands or knows what this may mean for deshaun watson or the houston texans this year there's just so much uncertainty tony and look it starts with the civil case. You're talking about 22 women right now that are still suing Deshaun Watson. And with the unknown there, I think it's going to make it really hard for a team to trade for him because you're talking about significant assets. Reported earlier this week, three firsts, uh, you know, a, a proven player. And if I'm Houston, absolutely that's what you're asking for. 
And, and so that's going to be one key. The other key is, does Roger Goodell eventually place Deshaun Watson on the exempt list? If he doesn't and Watson is eligible to play, well, I can give you a bunch of teams that should be in on Watson. But it, it's just tough with the unknown there. And I don't know about you. I have a team in mind that hasn't been mentioned a ton that I think can. And, and again, it is hard to talk about the football side with all of this uncertainty. But looking at it from a football perspective, I have a team in mind that I, I think would be a, a great fit, could uh, vault themselves from sort of pretenders to contenders. But let me ask you first, who do you think should be pushing for Deshaun Watson right now, if anybody, given the uncertainty of his status? The first two teams are Philadelphia and Miami. Those are the two that come to mind. Uh, Denver also comes to mind a little bit, but I heard that there's a little bit of trepidation on their part. Look, these are serious allegations. You have to make sure that a guy is not a, uh, a risk to the community. First of all, you you want to you want to hope that he didn't do the things that he's accused of doing, right? And you don't want to let your football opinion or your football uh, optimism uh, step in the front of and get in the place of the rights of the, of the women that may or may not be affected by this. The second thing you, you need to understand is. Houston may want to pull back on uh, pushing all of that value because it says something about them when when you don't read the understand that his value might not be what you think it is if the allegations are uh, provable. Uh, therefore, you have to understand if you're Houston that you're not going to get the same bounty you would have gotten for him had you done this when he first asked for it. They have to, uh, to pull their expectations back a little bit because they have to know that teams will understand that if you are not going to have him available to you, then his value decreases. It's also the PR stamp from a PR standpoint, whoever takes him is going to get vilified and, and probably rightfully so uh, without the allegations being uh, proven or disproven. And Houston has to factor that in. It's a tough sit for everybody. DeJuan, Deshaun basically came in because he wants to make sure he gets paid. Now, if they, they put him on the commissioner's list or the exempt list, he still gets paid. The only way he didn't get paid and show up. So he showed up to make sure that contractually he got what he was supposed to get. It's a tough situation for everybody, James. But I'm interested to see who this team is if it's not one of the three that I just mentioned because I'm trying to figure out where your head is here a little. All right. So it, it isn't one of the three. And I think it's a team that would probably be interested now again. This is something I'm talking about from a football standpoint. The, the allegations and the lawsuits and stuff, I just don't know enough. We don't know enough right now, and we don't know what the, the result of that is. So I want to uh, make that perfectly clear before I mention this team. It's the Washington football team. I think with that defensive line, those weapons, you could give up four first-round picks. Four. One, two, three, four. And guess what? Be an instant contender with Deshaun Watson. You have a guy in Curtis Samuel. You added Terry McLaurin. You extended Logan Thomas. You're talking about, you know, a lot of threats. You got Gibson in the backfield, and you bring in Deshaun Watson in that division. Not only is he the best quarterback and would be the best quarterback in the NFC East, they would instantly become, and they won the division last year, but they would instantly become the best team in the NFC East, one of the best teams in the NFC. And no, I wouldn't put them on Tampa Bay's level or Green Bay, but they'd be damn close. And if you're telling me that uh, that pass rush, it has to travel up to Lambeau or has to travel down to Tampa Bay, well, I know that travels well. And so if I'm them, given the coaching staff that they have, an experienced guy in Ron Rivera who's been to a Super Bowl, 
you can mortgage some of the future to get a guy like that because it, it literally vaults you from, you know, a nine and eight type team, 10 and seven type team to, are they going to win 13 games? So yeah, I, uh, from a football standpoint, I think that is an amazing fit. And by the way, Washington in the NFC, Houston in the AFC, uh, I think if I'm Houston, I would much rather send Deshaun Watson to a team in the NFC versus Denver or someone else in the AFC, Miami, like you mentioned. Let me let me play devil's advocate a little bit, but I'll do it from both perspectives. Houston, mm-hmm. you're right. If I'm Houston, I don't take draft picks. I would want players. So that would actually diminish the Redskins. Oh, I'm sorry, the Washington football team. Diminish their ability to win as much as you think they because if you trade him to them with only the future in mind, your draft picks are going to be picked in the lower 20s because you're right. They would be that good. I'd take two of those defensive linemen right now with Houston going to a 4-3 and Washington running a base 4-3. I'd take that with a, a mix of some draft picks. But what I wouldn't let them do is keep their entire team uh, and keep the arsenal of players that they have right now because what that does is that makes my draft choices likely to be less valuable because the team would be too good. The other thing from the Washington perspective, they got to be careful. They jumped through the name change. You see, I messed up early. I, we, I don't all get that right. I've been saying mm-hmm. that for all my life, but I have to stop. They went through a name change that hasn't been completed uh, for years and years and years. They dealt with the bad PR. They also just yeah. dealt with the PR of sexual harassment allegations in their own house with the owner being fined and with a lot of people being run out of town because they weren't treating women properly. And so now you bring this guy in when you just get over sure. those two situations. And now you say, you say you're a changed organization. They got a brand new team president. I don't know if that's, I don't know if he wants that smoke. And and when I call it smoke, that's exactly, it might be smoke and fire. It might be too much for them to overcome considering their recent history. No, I, I totally agree. Like that that's that's the dilemma. It's nothing else to me. Football wise makes sense. Uh as far as the defensive line goes and asking for two defensive linemen, Philly isn't giving you that. No. <laughs> None of these other teams are. And I'm offering you four four first and in uh, a future third or so you know, something like that. So so that's where I, I think I could still be bullish on the draft picks part of it. But yeah, I, I agree with you. And so that's the dilemma. What recon have they done? And all of these organizations, they're going to have to do it. Because here's what I'll tell you. I know Miami's interested. Of course they are. Of course yep. Philadelphia would want to flip Jalen Hurts in a couple of firsts for Deshaun Watson. But you know what's going to hold them up or hold Washington up or any of these organizations up? It's going to be the doubt, the uncertainty, or the information they get that we may never know about. And that's the part that makes this hard. Because I don't think anyone questions the player, how dynamic he could be. In really any of these situations, I think he could thrive because he is that good. Well, you're exactly right. We got a lot more time to get into it. We got a lot more things to get into here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. Here's the question I want to ask before James tells you about Bet Online. Listen, last year Bruce Arians was a first-time champion. The year before, Andy Reid was a first-time champion. If they're going to be another first-time Super Bowl winning champion, Chip Coach, who? are the candidates and who could it be james and i'll discuss that in the second segment of locked on nfl bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action whether it's a potential landing spot for your favorite player like deshaun watson prop bets for your favorite players maybe rookie of the year odds like 
for uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick, maybe Jamar Chase or someone like that, you can do it all in one spot, betonline.ag. Even NBA draft, UFC, Major League Baseball, all in one spot. Look, you're watching the games. You think you know who's going to win anyway. You might as well make some money while you watch, and you can do so with betonline.ag. Don't sit in on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and do it by going to their website, betonline.ag, right now. And when you sign up, make sure you use promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's free money. Again, with promo code Locked On at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, rolling along here on a Wednesday on Locked On NFL. James Rapine is him and i am tony wiggins that is me we're going to discuss now coaches that have an opportunity to be first-time winners of the super bowl we just had two consecutive coaches get their first uh, super bowl tr- uh, trophies in the last two years with andy reed much deserved was always considered a guy who was one of the two or three best coaches in the league and he finally got that crown and bruce arians he really took a different path to get to his championship james uh, but he finally got that along with Tom Brady. Here's I'm going to just hit you in the head with it. I'm going out west. I'm going to Los Angeles. I think fast-talking uh, Sean McVay with the memory of an elephant is going to be the guy I believe has the best candidate or is the best candidate to win a Super Bowl this year for the first time. And I think it's because of the heavy dose of offense and Matthew Stafford's strong arm that's going to now make them go more vertical instead of horizontal. That'll give them the shot to win a championship this year. He was my number one candidate for sure. When you mentioned this topic to me, I was thinking, all right, a coach that hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. And let's think about it. What what did McVay need to potentially unleash and take his offense to new heights? A quarterback like Matt Stafford who has elite traits, not good traits, elite traits, elite talent. And I don't think anyone denies Stafford's talent. So, yeah, their ceiling is absolutely that. If Matt Stafford's the Rams quarterback a few years ago and he's going up against Tom Brady and that Patriots team, are we sure McVay wouldn't have gotten it then? So I, I do think that that you could throw the Rams into that mix. It, it, and it's tough because, to me, Arian's going to be right back in the mix. Yes. Um, but but the, the one other team, and I'll throw it out there, and, and maybe it's because Aaron Rodgers reported today. And by the way, I still don't think the Packers did enough to be better on paper than Tampa Bay or to be better than the Kansas City Chiefs at the same time, they have the reigning MVP back. So I'll throw Matt LaFleur out there. I think that he could certainly learn from not going uh, for it when they're down eight against Tampa and kicking a field goal in the playoffs. He can learn from back-to-back NFC championship games. Do I think the Packers have enough? No. Will Randall Cobb be enough? Not necessarily. I think they need to add as many pieces as they can, right? Right, But uh, that would be another coach that I would throw out there as a, a potential candidate to surprise some people and make a Super Bowl run. It's not as far off as you think, and I'll tell you why. Because they're a boneheaded coverage at the end of the first half, and, and that play you just mentioned, away from looking looking Tampa dead in the eye and 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 saying, "Hey, it's going to come down to the last minute or two here." I'm going to mention somebody else too, man, because I kind of believe, and I know your your local fans will like, they, they'll be like, "Wait, why'd you mention that?" But since this is locked on NFL and not locked on Bengals, I'm going to tell you, Kevin uh, Stefanski, Stefanski. I think, yeah. I don't think they're they're fake. I think that what you saw from la- from Cleveland last year, 
is real. That progress was absolutely real. The way they're built is absolutely real. You want to talk about the, uh, the Washington football team's front four? <laughs> Look at Cleveland's, right? And they're going to get Odell back, and now he'll probably be humbled a little bit and realize he just needs to fit in a little bit. they got two real good running backs. They've improved their offensive line. And, of course, Baker Mayfield played with a lot more confidence last year. That's another team that I think might be able to make noise. I almost thought that's who you are going to mention, too. I really did. I thought that's what you were going to say. I thought about them. Uh, I'll give you one more. We'll each do two. And uh, it's a team really close to Cleveland driving distance. How about the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott? I mean, Mm. they add a guy uh, in Emmanuel Sanders this offseason who I think is going to really help that offense. I love Sanders' game. I've loved him for a long, long time. One of the, the game's more underrated receivers. If Josh Allen takes another step, and he was really, really good last year, and Diggs is out there. You got that defense that that played at a high level. I think they got a shot. I, I do. Now again, do I? Am I betting on the Bills or am I betting on the Browns to win the Super Bowl? No. But when you look at the talent, I think it could come together. And much like, I mean, heck, Tampa Bay last year, right? We were saying it at this time. Eh, it's going to take some time to come together, but if it does, they certainly have the talent. And, and, and so that's what it takes. And these teams have shown that. Think about it. The Rams make a bunch of transactions. The Browns have done that. The Bills have done that. The one team that hasn't, and that's why I'm kind of worried about them, is the Packers. you got to be aggressive if you're going to win with these younger, inexperienced coaches. And even if you are Bill Belichick, you got to be aggressive in today's NFL if you're going to win. And so three of these four teams have been extremely aggressive in trying to address their roster and upgrade any way they can. And the Buffalo pick is nice because we just saw, we mentioned earlier in the show, we saw Milwaukee. The Bills have built Mm -hmm. the way, uh, I think the old coaches would love, the coaches from the 1980s would love the way the (laughs) Buffalo Bills are built because they were built first with infrastructure, then we get the quarterback. And they, they, they had picks that weren't sexy, but they were the right picks. So you're absolutely right. Speaking of pick, we always talk draft, its impact in our third segment. Today, we're going to do the same thing. Positional value. You know how it was determined? It's a copycat league, in my opinion, in the NFL. Could certain success from certain players, and we'll name some of them, change the positional value aspect of the draft if they have an immediate early impact? I'm going to discuss this with James in segment three after I tell you about Built Bar. Now I'm going to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the market. It's the best thing you've ever tasted, man. Let me tell you about Built Bar. They have nine great flavors, all covered in 100% chocolate, right? My personal favorite is the salted caramel because I love the contrast between the salt and that sweet, gooey caramel. Now, packed with protein. Very light in sugar, very light in carbs, and extremely light in calories. So if you're trying to watch your figure and work out, it's a good snack for you to have between meals. Now, here's my call to you. If you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you're going to get 15% off of your first order of Built Bars. And I'm telling you, you won't regret it. To keep up with them on social media, on Twitter, go to at bar underscore built. For any announcements that they might have of a mystery or a special edition Bar. So it's Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off of your first order. And we're back to talk a little bit of draft and its impact with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins here on Locked on NFL on a Wednesday. Let's get to it, James. Who can these, what rookies 
could make such an impact that it sort of changes the positional value and the way things are ranked in the draft? I think the first one that comes to mind, because you had three quarterbacks at the top of the draft, right? The mm-hmm. first one comes to mind is, is pick number four, Kyle Pitts. I mean, who drafts a tight end fourth overall? And I get it, he's a freak and he's unique. But if he goes out there and dominates like Darren Waller did last year for the Raiders in year one for the Falcons, man, you know, if you talk about a 1,000 yards or 900 yards and double-digit touchdowns and he's just really, really productive, then I think you're going to see teams look like, oh, man, look at how dynamic he is. Maybe these tight ends can come in, and it's not going to take a year or two for them to be productive right away. And and I get it. Kyle Pitts is unique, but that's certainly one. And and I think we saw it also with Justin Jefferson last year at wide receiver. It's probably why the Bengals were looking at Jamar Chase so much. To me, wide receivers are more valuable than ever. So if a Jalen Waddle blows up in Miami or Jamar Chase or, you know, Devontae Smith, one of these Rashad Bateman in Baltimore – any of these guys blow up, it's going to be like, oh, man, we should try to add another dynamic weapon and dynamic piece to our offense if we can do so early in the draft because these guys are coming in ready to go. I'm going to sound biased here, but I'm going to give you a reason to make you believe that it's not a biased pick, and that's going to be for me right in Jacksonville, Travis. Don't say running back. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell you, it's it's Travis (laughs) Etienne. Now, here's why I think that. The Jaguars already actually have a capable running back. They already do. And they still chose one in the first round because what they saw was a chance to get more explosive and fast on an offense that didn't have big plays. Regardless of position, if you can add speed and dynamic ability, they'll they'll get rid of and, and diminish this approach that, well, you can find the guy later. Let me tell you who can find the guy in the third round. The teams that just do good at evaluating players, that's who finds players. A lot, a lot of teams have gone years without a good running back. You know why? Because they can't find a guy in third and fourth and fifth round. They can't <laughs> find a guy in the first round because they don't evaluate the position good enough. Why, who's the running back in Miami? Don't worry. I'll, the average fan can't tell you who the running back in Miami is, right? Who's the running back in some of these other cities? The average fan can't tell you who the surefire. Who's the running back for the Jets? The average guy can't tell you because that's because – People don't do a good job of just finding guys. The teams that evaluate and know what type of player that they want do a good job of finding guys. For instance, Green Bay and wide receivers, the Pittsburgh Steelers and wide receivers, the Pittsburgh Steelers and outside linebackers. There's just some teams, the Baltimore Ravens and a, and a, and a tweener pass rusher. There's just some teams that always find guys that fit their system the right way. But if ETN can be used as a weapon that touches the ball 12 times a game and gets chunk plays, changes the narrative of the Jacksonville Jaguars being a slow team, then next year somebody will draft a guy for the same reason because he'll change their team and shift the focus off of their team as opposed to worrying so much about positional value, especially if he's productive. What if Najee Harris blows up? What if Najee Harris has, you know, 1,300 yards from scrimmage, 1,000-plus rushing yards, a couple hundred uh, receiving yards, you know, eight, nine touchdowns? you think that – will have an impact as well, or are you just uh, lost in the Jacksonville sauce down there? I think it will have an impact, but here's the thing. (laughs) Najee is probably going to touch the ball 25 to 30 times a game. Travis won't because he's splitting time. So the the argument against Travis wasn't his ability. It was, why did you pick him when you just had a rookie go over 1,000 yards, and Travis probably is going to start. The the Mm -hmm. thought of using a a first-round pick on a non-starter is something that, 
people to go, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll frown at a little bit until that non-starter, if you really remember, a non-starter was Alvin Kamara his first two years. He didn't start either. But now, who would pick Alvin Kamara in the first round if they, if they, if they wanted, if they could? Everybody would. So I think what you're going to see is just a shift towards some, uh, away from some of these formulas that have always existed, and you're going to now start to see people do specific things. But I will tell you this, James. You have to have the, the confidence that you're not going to get fired, and Urban Meyer knows he's not going to get fired. A lot of guys do that because they need these guys to have instant success at positions of value, and they can't afford – to be laughed at about anything because teams will get rid of you after two and three years now. Urban has more, uh, he has more weight on him. He has some sandbags in his pocket that he's not that easily going to be removed. So I know that has something to do with it too, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. I set you up just so I can mention Travis ATN. Yeah, I look, I, I get it. I mean, if he has a, a big year production wise in it doesn't really impact Robinson much and they can, use that tandem. I mean, I'll use the Saints, and you're right, Ingram and Kamara. That was such a great one-two punch for many, many years in New Orleans. And, you know, we'll see what happens now post-Drew Brees if Kamara can uh, kind of take a, a step forward after being injured and, and dealing with things. But, yeah, I mean, if if he's 80% of Alvin Kamara, it's worth it because Alvin's one of the best players in the game. And so I, I get that part. I, I do. My argument against it would be, did Christian McCaffrey change things for people? Or do people still argue the, the running back value? Does Alvin Kamara, did he really change it? He worked out, right? And, and yet, you know, in Cincinnati, when the Bengals extended Joe Mixon, a lot of people were excited, but a lot of people were, eh, I don't know about that, right? And heck, when the Steelers drafted Najee Harris in the first round, and eh, they probably should have taken an offensive lineman. So the positional value part of it, I think some people are just never going to accept it. But to your point, Urban has a vision. He wanted to get faster. He wanted to get more athletic. It was either Kadarius Tony or Travis Etienne. Tony was gone. He went with Etienne. And uh, if he uses him properly, uh, th then, yeah, I, I think he could be a, a big part of their offense, even with a guy like James Robinson, who I am banking on in fantasy this year in multiple leagues because I stole him last year and I still have him. So we'll, we'll see if he can hold up for me. Yeah, I stole him too. And I won a champion. I won a championship with him. What's going to change their mind is this. People are going to get sick and tired of paying so much attention to their positional value board. And they're going to get tired of letting the teams at the back end of the draft, keep getting good players. That's it. I, yeah. They're just going to get sick of, of these dudes falling to these good teams that really don't need them. And they'll just go, I will take you anyway you know what i'm saying we'll just pick mm -hmm. you anyway and now we're just going to make ourselves even more of a problem for everybody else something that isn't a problem is the locked on today podcast with peter bukowski peter bukowski gives you monday through friday the best stories in sports for about 20 straight minutes it's like taking a shot of espresso and you need to tune in peter the great will give it to you every single morning with the use of local experts sometimes even including our two mugs here with Peter Bukowski on the Locked On Today podcast. So this concludes today's show here on a Wednesday for Locked On NFL for James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. I'm going to tell you what we always say. Take care of each other and we'll see you next week.